I want to welcome everyone to another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to sit down and have a conversation about conscious capitalism, about impact investing, and how business doesn't always have to be solely about money. Now, I'm pulling from an article from Inc.com, and it is called The Four Ways to Practice Business More Consciously. Uh, This was written uh, less than a week ago, and I wanted just to read the four items that they've listed here uh, to practice business more consciously. They have listed as number one, pivot from corporate social responsibility to purpose. Once again, it's pivot from corporate social responsibility to purpose. Uh, Number two, reject trade-offs in your business. Reject trade-offs in your business. Number three, learn to lead yourself before leading others. Learn to lead yourself before leading others. And number four, Transition from a fear-based to a love-based culture. Transition from a fear-based to a love-based culture. On today's episode, we're going to talk about leading the leaders. We're going to talk about leading the leaders. And we're going to talk about that number three. Really, we're going to talk about all four of these on this episode of our guest today. But that number three, learn to lead yourself before leading others. If you can transform your heart, You can then transform the teams that you lead. So it's all going to begin with you as a leader. Is your company operating in a conscious mindset or is it all about money? I'm DJ Motri of Black Equity Network and welcome to Black Equity Podcast. back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. I've been excited about the conversation we're about to have for quite some time. I want to really talk about uh, being a conscious entrepreneur, Uh, think about uh, approaching things from more of an impact uh, mindset, you know, how are we actually making an impact on society? And in order for us to have that conversation, I want to actually have that conversation with someone who is experienced within that area. Uh, so joining us on Black Equity Podcast is Casilda Zacharias. Welcome to Black Equity. Thank you, DJ, for having me. You're very welcome. For those who don't know who you are, just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your company. Sure. Um, I have a background in corporate. I was in product development, strategic planning, and branding for about a decade. So worked in Canada, US, Netherlands, and Denmark. and was behind some pretty interesting projects, including working um, working for Lego and birthing Lego friends, which many of your kids might have played with or you've heard of. So that was something um, that was most of my career was in the toy industry. So for me, it was always um, work has always also been a joy. So coming from that perspective, I started to see how, what can I do more and there was parts of me that weren't in alignment to that joy for a while. 
And that's where the deep exploration, self-exploration started to happen. And I left corporate eight years ago to, to see, well, if I'm working in an industry that's cultivating joy for children and I'm not feeling that deep sense of fulfillment, where it could be the easiest to feel that sense of joy, what's going on? So that led me on an eight-year odyssey of inner personal transformation. So I had uh, to transform myself because what was not visible to a lot of people at that stage was outside of that shiny career, globe, jet-setting lifestyle, was that there's a deeply depressed girl inside. Mm. And that's where... The, con- the inner conversation started of what, to con- what does, how can I do this more consciously? How can I come into better alignment with myself to feel this soul fulfillment so that I don't feel like it's a challenge to get up every day? And I guess the more successful my career was becoming, the deeper this feeling was starting to set in. And I was starting to question the meaning of everything. And so what was happening, unbeknownst to me at that time, was that I was going through a massive awakening to realize the true essence of who I am. And then I went from there. I took, um, I didn't think it was going to take eight years, but it's taken me eight years, where went into the Amazon jungle to work with plant medicine and amazing masters and to really know who you can work with there. And then to India to um, detoxify and learn from masters in India and then four years of integration time in Bali as I continued to develop new practices to get into my body. And, and all of that is just helps me embody a different state, a peak state, which allows me now to come into harmony, to a unity consciousness within me um, and create from this space, which feels a lot lighter, and to build a company from this space. So that's, that's sort of, in a nutshell, the last, I guess, I would say even 13 years of being in corporate and then struggling with it for a while and then exiting to be here in this moment now. All right, thank you so much for opening up about this, because I know this is going to be a blessing for many uh, people in the audience who may have had this similar feeling and just could not figure out how to communicate it even to themselves. And so we do have a shared um, experience. I remember working in corporate as well and having that same uh, feeling of, okay, I don't really feel fulfilled here. I don't really feel that I'm really accomplishing anything of true value, at least to myself. And you, you're mentioning, well, inside was this little girl who, who may have been depressed. How did you start recognizing I think that's the first part for me was, okay, yes, I'm not fulfilled, but I think in order for me to realize that I wasn't fulfilled, I had to realize, well, what would be uh, fulfilling for me or why am I feeling this way? So I guess my question is, uh, what what was going on or um, how important was it for you to understand that you were off balance, if that's the right terminology of, of where you wanted to be? Well, I think that's a big one for a lot of people, right? Because the answer is never clear. Mm. So it starts with just no longer lying to yourself. So for me, it was, I'm no longer going to deny what I feel and pretend life is okay. Because, you know, I had the nice career. I had a great partner. um, I had everything that I thought I wanted. 
not, I mean, obviously not all the, the successes, the layers of success that comes after, but it, it was in, it was in um, the trajectory was there. So for me, it's like, but if this is the trajectory and if vice president says the next title, because I was already a global director, I was really looking at myself and it's like, yes, okay, there's going to be more money, better status, nicer car, maybe a nicer home. And then it was like, but I'm already at a point where I thought I would be a lot happier at this point. So it's checking off all, the, I mean, many of, the, many of you are probably nodding your heads because this is so many people, especially successful people. We do all these things thinking that if I just do this, do this, do this, that I'm going to, it's sort of, it's going to liberate me to this magical place of where the, everything is okay. But what we do, what, what was calling from within me is that, you know, you said to yourself many years ago that when you get to this place, you're going to be okay and you're not. Because I had struggled with depression for 20 years. And, had a, and so I masked it by being a workaholic. I'm sharing that because I think that especially women and men actually do that. So we, because, um, you know, so many of you are probably brilliant, smart and want to be outwardly successful with your careers. And we try to say, well, you know, how life could be a lot worse. I'm okay. And then we don't honor the, what we're actually feeling. So for me, the steps were getting to a point, well, you know what, if this is what it is, what's the point of life? Not that I was going to go kill myself or anything, but the ideation of questioning the meaning of life was very esoteric, where I was like, well, why am I here? This can't be it. So when I decided to, um, so I had many breaks before I took the eight years and fully exited. And in that one of those mini breaks, I studied Vipassana. And that helped me connect a little more and move a little bit of the, the heaviness. And that's when I started to see this is something deep within me. And I don't have the words to understand what this is, but something needs to change. And that just being okay with the unknown and saying, I'm just going to take some time out. I didn't think it was going to be eight years, to be really right. honest. Right. I thought I had an intention of taking maybe one to two, at the most three years. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I would consider myself an ambitious person and have beautiful big dreams of not necessarily ambitious for the sake of ambition, but to use my abilities to serve humanity, whether it's creating a company that'll serve for the greater good or other projects I will touch on. So for me, um, being more self-centered was not something true, like that was, I was comfortable with. But for the first time in my life, that's the only thing that saved me, putting me first. I think that's a great concept because I didn't really come into my full self until I became self-centered. But when you hear that terminology or even some people would say selfish a little bit. They would say that, but how dare you be selfish? How dare you be self-centered? You shouldn't be focused on yourself. What do you say to those objections that may be hearing people who may be hearing this yeah. and they're saying, no, I've been taught the complete opposite. Why would I be mm -hmm. self-centered? I should be worried about everyone else. So thank you for your opinion. That's feedback. You know, thank you. Right. <laughs> That's all it is, their opinion. Right. You, you are the CEO of your soul. That's something I, I teach people now. The right. chief energy officer of your soul. You, you don't have to answer to anyone as long as you're true to your heart 
and your intention is not to hurt someone intentionally. Like that's a basic guiding principle. Like if you're, if you need to be a parent and your kid's going to starve, if you're selfish, that's different. Right. right so right. it's coming into that harmony and saying there's, so there's nothing. So we've been taught to give, 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 but what happens when you're giving and your cup becomes empty? You don't, you're not in the long run in service to anyone. So it, it's in, in some situations, if you've got family commitments or obligations, it's learning how to balance the need to put, make yourself a priority. So you become that amazing parent or amazing caregiver, someone else, if you've got someone else you're taking care of to serve from a cup that's full. So you can serve a lot longer and serve in, in the most amplified way. And then you become this beacon of light that can do so much more. So in it's only selfish in the short run or what appears to be selfish, which is actually self-love. And we're not always taught self-love, right? That, and that's part of what's happening in society. We have externalized and requiring external validation before we are allowed to love ourselves. And this is so such a nuance that's so deeply ingrained that we don't even see it most of the time. Like, I'm not enough if so-and-so doesn't think I'm enough. Or I need the approval of my teacher, my parent, my grandparents, my partner, my love, whatever that is, right? And what this practice um, that I'm, you know, helping birth and I'm a part of is saying, you're completely enough as you are, whether you're rich, you're poor, you have no, you know, you are fit, you're not fit, whatever you look like, whatever ide externalized identification um, codes that you've internalized as normal for you, that it's coming into this oneness, this wholeness, saying, I'm okay. And sometimes I get criticism, well, that's okay for you because you're considered whatever by mainstream society, right? I'm like, but that's so subjective. You know that in some parts of the world, I'd be considered ugly too. You know, things like that, right? So right. it's like, so I had to, and this is the one thing that people don't realize is I had to unlearn all of these programs and be really selfish and saying, I'm amazing in my true essence. And so is every single person when they can step into this heart-centered consciousness and to realize who they truly are at their source, which is, you know, you're the manifested form of your soul. Your soul is the unmanifested form. And what's beyond that is the one that birthed all of this. And some of us mm. call this source and um, energy God. Some of us call it divine consciousness, supreme intelligence, the unified field. All of these is the same thing. And it's the, and there it's that we are over 7 billion expressions of one consciousness. Right. And every one of our experiences, every one of our expressions is divinely perfect. Now we're all on a spectrum because there's light and dark always in this. And we, this is what we're here for because we are already unconditional love. We came here for the experience of being messy and crazy and, and um, like, you know, whatever shows up. This is what we're here for. So let's not judge any of it. Like now I even look at my depression as a blessing. And I get to now be a voice and share my story um, and, and maybe help someone else who might just need to hear exactly this. Because right now with COVID and so many people in lockdown, one of the biggest things is mental health um, 
is on the like a, a depression is on the rise, suicide um, rates are on the rise, especially with younger people. So it's to say, like, these are all questions that's going to just lead you more deeper. Like, what's going on with me? How can I be? It's, as opposed to selfish, I'd like to reframe that as how can I be more loving with myself? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's already what you are. It's awakening to that truth and then starting to remove what doesn't feel like love. And it's, it's the internal self-talk first. Because you have learned from socialization, different people's opinions and thoughts about you and what life should be and who you should be, all these shoulds. Right. And you've internalized it and they've become your inner self-talk. And this is why meditation is important because then we get to witness these inner self-talks and silence them and to, and to start to be the observer. And the observer is the one who can see, ah, I'm getting caught in the story. In this moment, I'm lacking self-love uh, because I've been told that putting everyone else first is more important. So it's these subtle nuances where we give away our power. And then we give away our sovereignty because we're all sovereign, every one of us. We, and then we lose our ability to lead ourselves, which is what I call the personal leadership that is so important. Because how can you be a C, amazing CEO of a company or venture capital or um, anything or, or, or um, a nurse or a doctor if you don't know how to lead yourself? Right? And it's stepping into this personal sovereignty that allows you to harmonize from within. And from this place, you can now create, you've now become an activated co-creator, conscious co-creator that can create all kinds of amazing things on the planet and serve in capacities that blows your mind. Like for me, I just get excited because now um, fully owning the essence of who I am I was like, what amazingness can I do? And like, I'm also a disruptor because I'm like, I'm done with status quo. Like, and, and when I say disruptor in the most loving way, there's a right. lot of things that need to be disrupted that we've, we've far too long been complacent about. Far too long. And what we allow will continue. And until we know from a heart-centered place, not from anger, not from generational trauma, but from a place of love, because if not, we're going to keep doing that and we're going to create uh, a lower vibration around us. And I'm saying, let's internally elevate that vibration to be super high that we are now creating a new normal and taking everyone with us. And we okay. disrupt the status quo. And we're like, nope, this is not going to be the same old, same old now with different faces. I love it. Um, so... You go on this, I, I guess, a, a self-healing journey. Is that fair? Um, to say? An inner odyssey, yeah. Okay. <laughs> transformation, so, I would say, transformation journey. You go on this transformation journey, and you, ca- you come out on the other side, and now, with this, with this uh, coming from a place of joy, coming from this place, a place of peace, mm-hmm. now you're looking to launch your own company and maybe do it in a different way. Yes. What does that look like? How does that look and how does that compare to what you're operating from before? Yeah, so I've had the blessing of having worked for um, several tier one consumer product companies. So what that gives you is, you know, access to 
how massive corporations operate and the um, and experience with supply chain sourcing because i was uh, you know i was um, in product development and and right from ideation from okay we need to generate 5 billion dollars or 2 billion and then just having nothing and coming up with everything from zero to launch so I, and in my latest roles i had the i had to oversee all of that so what i coming into this space now why i'm trying to create my own company and it's just not just what also advise other companies is because what I'm trying to do is create a blueprint for myself. I'm actually wearing Perfect. one of the pieces that is going to be launching. Um, so what it is, is one, let's set the intention right for, for the companies that we create. So what, and because our intentions is how, meditation is how we hear the divine guidance, the source within God speaking to us, if we want to use the word God, divine right. consciousness, whatever. Like it, there's no right or wrong way. It's, it's, it's this beautiful, and you'll start to hear it. It is just magical when you start to really hear this voice from within that is so pure, that has always been guiding you, that's been waiting for you to listen. That's meditation. Now, intention is how you send the signal back out saying, okay, this is, what, this is where I want to go, guide me. And then the new guidance starts to come through. So I think for all CEOs, startups, um, aspiring entrepreneurs, or just super moms and super dads who, to guide your own family because that's your own enterprise too. Coming into that, setting that intention that, you know, it's, it is our divine obligation to take care of the people, to truly treat them as love, to take care of the animal. It's all sentient beings, not just human centric. So how is it that everything we do affects the entire ecosystem to have that be part of our consciousness in concept development into and how we create so even before we get to the strategic planning, right? And, and the visioning. How, and, then, and then be mindful of how do we treat the earth? What does me sourcing this product or me creating this company, um, how is that going to, on the other side of the planet or somewhere else, how is this going to impact the local people and the animals and the beings around there? Are we in harmony with the planet? And it doesn't require that much. It doesn't mean that you give up a lot of your profit, but it, it's a different way to source and different way to think and then questions we ask as leaders of who, which, which factory do you hire? Which procurement partners do we work with? And then are we, are we using sustainable energy? Is there a waste management plan for, that, for the local area? And who gets affected is the ones that we actually want to help the most. It's depending on where someone's manufacturing. It's the indigenous communities. It's not necessarily the factory workers. They'll get paid all right. Nowadays, where there's so much more um, awareness around um, ending uh, low-waged uh, factory worker uh, workers, what we don't get to see a lot of times is the secondary or third layers of impact. So then that becomes the poor farmers that are not working at those factories. And this is parts of Africa. This is parts of India, Southeast Asia, uh, um, South. It's, it's wherever manufacturing is happening. And we and I've I've gone to, I've gone to over a hundred countries and and gotten to know many indigenous communities and I started to see the the unconscious impact to the way we consume. So and there is a huge unconscious um, byproduct to what we consume and how we consume. So this is where I was like, okay, now if I was to redo this, and now I'm becoming the founder and CEO of whatever I am birthing next. 
and I can, I'm at the position where I can, using my corporate background and the spiritual wisdom, knowing that our karma, which is action and reaction, cause and effect, is all tied to it because at the end of the day, we come from one source consciousness. We're over 7 billion expressions of the one. How does this interconnect to one another? So how can we reimagine business as a force for social good, as a force for positive impact? Because that is going to give you a deeper sense of fulfillment and joy and be wealthy, financially wealthy, on top of being emotionally wealthy and physically healthy and all of these other other forms of prosperity and wealth will be there. And so just to close that, it's like, so we, we come full circle and we realize we're part of this ecosystem and not the top of the ecosystem. Mm. It's a circular model. So it's circular like thinking with circular thinking versus pyramid thinking. Okay. So the first thing you're telling us to do is set our intentions. You mentioned uh, people, animals, earth, and I did not hear one mention of money. Yes, because the money, yeah. I find that to be very interesting because most people that I bump into, the first thing they mention are the numbers and the money and everything dealing with that. And there's no heart to it. Right. And Uh, you're coming from a different angle. Tell me more about that. Yes, so I think um, I'm, let's look at those people, and I want to say let's take a moment to say this is where the consciousness—not just them. This is the this is where a large part of the consciousness of humanity is right now. And people like you, me, we're here to transform that. And more and more people are awakening because they're not happy with they may have they may be millionaires and billionaires, but they're not deep down feeling fulfilled. Right. Right. And so, and this is our opportunity to be role models, to be pioneers. Because I, I love working with pioneers that are, led, that are going to be legendary in whatever they choose to be in. Whether it's a, you're going to be legendary in, in becoming a basketball player and taking those investments and then, and then, set, and then reimagining how, what you invest and how you invest in it. Or whether you're a surgeon and you're super successful at that and then reimagining how you can do um, reinvest that. So we need to probably have more green funds as overall. We, we, this, is a long, this is a long range plan, right? This is not something that we can transform. But the, the money will be there because I've, I'm working on my own spreadsheet and um, looking at the numbers and doing this right, it takes more upfront work and maybe a resource investment early, but the profit doesn't isn't dramatically different. So it, it's the money will be there, but it's not the number one focus. It's planet, people, and profit. It's not or profit, right? So it's that it's circular thinking, it's um, oneness thinking, and to say, well, when I die, I'm not going to take any of this money with me. And yes, you might want to leave a legacy and have generational wealth built up, which especially for people who have had adversities, um, even coming out of generational slavery or colonialism, we're also like, we're done with not being financially rocking it. Right. And, and that's where some of that comes from, because we're like, I'm going to make that money. But it's an invitation is, but we're affecting the collective karma regardless and then we have to come back and relearn another part of the lesson 
And if your life is already good and you're financially thriving, why not learn it right now so that you don't have to come and experience hardship again through another timeline, another incarnation, and then have to experience this all over again. So we get this opportunity, whether you believe in reincarnation or not, the Bible talks about one life. And I would say that's, all, that's very true because it's the soul that the Bible is talking about, that, we, that there's one soul, many, many timelines. That's what some people call incarnations. One soul, multiple timelines. And it's all happening right now. And what we do right now in the now affects the entire, all timelines in the collective. So we don't have to go and go to some reader and figure out who I was and other things. And what, why, why am I having this karmic experience? Or why am I being, all of these things can be questions along the way. Why do I have to do it now? It's because this is where your sense of, true sense of fulfillment is going to come where you start to experience yourself as the soul and as the one with the divine creator. And you will see that profit will come along with it. But what will also come, you're going to be profitable no matter what, if when you're doing all this. So why not do it with a sense of joy and a sense of oneness and a sense of I'm doing something that's beyond a legacy of financial wealth. It's financial wealth um, and it's also a legacy of planting seeds in a garden that's going to bear fruits for humanity long after you're gone. And you're taking into consideration those who are often neglected. And so a lot of times we talk about disruptive behaviors to lift up um, disenfranchised communities in North America and ending systemic discrimination, racism, and so on. But what we fail to see is the way we consume and what we do and the way we build our companies is creating a new system of disenfranchisement in, in places like parts of Africa. And it's a huge continent. So I'm not going to generalize everything. But I grew up in Africa till I was 12. So from about six and a half to 12, I lived in Africa. And I, you know, I got to firsthand see a lot of these things. So there's so much. And in India and in Pakistan and in Southeast Asia and, you know, so many places, Nepal. There's a byproduct to the way we consume that is affecting our collective consciousness, which is affecting the greater collective consciousness. So that's why there's like, you know, what we, it's very difficult to people to understand this until they start to do the inner work is because it's affecting your collective consciousness. And you may not be having the our words to it, but it's like, I don't feel that great. I'm just going to make the money. Right. There's something deeper going on. And this is what I'm inviting people to be curious about. Because once you unlock this golden like um, part of you, it's already there. It's just a, moving the, the debris for it to right. shine. It's, it's nothing that you need to go find. It's just what tools do you need to remove some of the things that have covered the light, the dimmed the light a bit. To realize this from within yourself so that it's not learned knowledge, it's experienced wisdom. Mm, I love that. So with what you're um, putting on the table here, I want to go into what you were saying a few minutes ago. We were talking about the work is really done on the front end of this thing. If we could just take a glimpse into, I know you were talking about setting the intentions. Take me into the glimpse of what the front end looks like uh, especially as an entrepreneur who's listening to this or an investor who's listening to this. Mm -hmm. So we can start getting our mind prepared uh, for when we reach out to you, when we collaborate with you. What does the front end look like when we operate from a conscious level okay. uh, through business? 
Right. So first, um, well, it depends what the business is, right? Each right. business requires a slightly different um, practice. So let's just pick one as a consumer product company, okay. right? That you're sourcing a physical product versus a service, which is a service-based company. Um, then you're just looking at servers and what, where, the, what, how the servers are run, because then it's all energy. And you want the, even there, you can be more green in your intentions right. and right. how um, that energy is managed. And there is, that's a whole other practice. That's why I say, which business you're in matters. But for a lot of us, um, service ba- uh, product-based businesses, which is where most of my experience is. Um, so service-based companies, I think one of the first things we can start to look at is we know that the pipeline for product needs to continue. So this is not to say we're going to kill everything that we're doing right now. So the front end would be while we are continuing to execute on things that usually you've been working on things two to three years when something's hitting the market or a minimum of a year usually for product companies, there, um, how can we now start to have strategic planning that reviews our, our, our development practices and our operational planning? So that might then start to look at who needs to be at the table to have these conversations, to actually look at what you are doing, because you might be doing 70% right already, but then what needs to be tweaked? So it's the upfront, like you don't know what needs to be transformed until you can see what is actually there. So, and then it's a conversation of, well, is there a product formulation change? Because if you're sourcing toxic chemical induced products that is actually polluting the bodies of those who eat it, if it's like a food-based product, or cosmetics or hair care, there's a lot of toxins, like for example, palm oil. So it, 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 before we go into the nitty gritty, I'm just gonna give one micro example. Um, palm oil is used in a lot of um, uh, like uh, over-the-counter food, um, like uh, uh, CPG, consumer packaged goods. And it's also used in a lot of hair care food. It's used in, in um, numerous, it's one of the most used um, substances. What people don't realize is palm oil. A lot of CEOs may not have this awareness just yet. That palm oil leads directly to the disenfranchisement of indigenous people in in Asia. They are having their land stolen by uh, by false contract that indigenous people don't understand what they're signing. By the way, some of those indigenous people, even Asia, look like me and you. It's not the Asian that you think. There's African-looking, Indian-looking, indigenous people that those are the ones that are being really disenfranchised. And you're saying this is Indonesia, right? This is in Indonesia, Borneo. It's not just there. The Borneo is huge. It's like the Amazon of Asia. Okay. Um, So so these, these massive rainforests, which then has other global warming effects, are being deforested. Wildlife is being destroyed. The water is, you know, being manipulated because now it's not a rainforest anymore. The, the way that water is maintained in the environment, and then it's being replanted with palm, uh, it's to harvest palm oil, and the land is being stolen, or it's and, and the local people are being given all these false promises, and nothing ever. They they promise schools and hospital and education um, resources, and usually ninety percent of the time, or ninety nine, I should say percent of the time, none of that stuff actually comes through. They might do a, a tiny something that's just meaningless. Or sometimes they start building something and they don't even finish it. And the way it's skirted is multiple layers of contracts. So 
um, I'm just going to pick on Pepsi. Um, they may be the one that buys the end product, but there's three layers of legal entities, companies that are at, at transitions. So it, even to take some of these companies to court, it's not, it's very difficult to prove the chain of chain of sourcing. So you as an awakened CEO at the table to really start sit with your R&D people and to say, okay, well, can we look at what we're sourcing, who we're sourcing from? And, and a lot of times they will falsify documents. So this really requires an uh, um, awakened CEOs and um, CFOs and, and um, COOs, operations manager, uh, operationals executives to look at this and say, what do we need to, like, it's really like come to the table and say what needs to be reviewed. Can, and so having that executive level conversation of, if we're going to transform this and be a pioneer in transforming this, what else do we need to do? And it could be also getting your lawyer involved to have lobbying for policy changes so that you don't get priced out of the market. So imagine there's going to be a 5% increase into your cost of goods because your raw materials through different sourcing, maybe, maybe even 10%, right? Your, your cost of goods. Now, if you're cost of goods is and your procurement is going to go up by 10%, that might mean that you have to be 10% more expensive at retail. Might be, unless you have the bandwidth to reduce other areas to still have the same net profit. So that's, and that's up to that leadership to finesse all that. But what, where lawyers can come involved is you may want to say then, okay, where are this huge, uh, we have the money to actually go and lobby to make this ingredient illegal. Because that's the karmic footprint and you start to see how deep this goes and how many people are starving and how many farmers are committing suicide and killing themselves and their children don't have a lot of resources and their livelihood is being affected. When you start to see the entire spectrum of buying a shampoo for $5 versus buying something of higher quality, which will also then be better for for your health, for the one the Western consumer that might be consuming that product or eating that product, um, putting it in your body, it's going to be better for your health, first of all. Because these things are long-term, right? You don't see the impact to your health for a good 30, 40 years. And then because there's a compromise to the immune system. So what other carcinogens are in there that you might not be aware of because of commodifying um, certain things and, and FDA approves some of these chemicals, which is not actually approved in other parts of the world. It is approved. A lot of these are toxins are approved in North America. So it's, it's this awakened CEO, the upfront is really like the intention to look at your raw material sourcing, look at what legal action might be needing to, to needed to take. Do you need to onboard a new factory and vet them? Is there someone on the front that you need to send that you a trusted source? Because there's a lot of um, nepotism in that space in a, in those in the countries you might be producing. So you might need someone from your team to personally go do the triple check and show me the source, not just leaning back and trusting the pro, trusting it because that's how things have been um, human rights and violations have been ongoing for a long time. And the legal part is an important one because that's going to let you be profitable in the long run. So it's, it's, it's lobbying for these changes. And to say, look, we, we as a collective want to be leaders and we might be the company that goes in and asks for these changes to be made. 
and that that way allows you to be competitive also from a price point at the end of the day. But sometimes these lobby and legal changes, policy changes, I mean, they don't have to take long. It's all depending on who, who you get on your board and who you can inspire to and what you put together. So it's being super strategic in our actions and, and being laser focused on the intention to be better corporate citizens and using your ability, your power, your wisdom and that wealth, and of, whether it's yours or a co corporations, and still, if you're a public companies, just still serve the greater good. But imagine the karmic footprint if you do all of this and you can still be profitable. And then also you're delivering a much higher caliber, higher vibrational product to the market and therefore positively influencing. And imagine like typical products that someone might eat on a regular basis. Let's pick on Walmart. I'm sorry, uh, not Walmart, McDonald's, for example. And look who was, I don't know who the current CEO is, but you know who the former CEO that had to be stepped down, right? Um, was. Now, who is, who, there's so many McDonald's in so many highly black populated neighborhoods, right? Yep. So who's eating this toxin ridden food and whose health is it affecting? Black people, black and brown people. Right, right. So when we make these, what seems like, where, you know, especially those of us who have had career success and who are in more leadership roles and senior level executives in companies, what we don't realize is our, um, I wouldn't say the word failure, our unconsciousness around some of the decisions we make. I say unconscious because once we really are become conscious, we're all going to, we realize we're all on this together and we get to make these changes. So it's no judgment or negative reflection because look, I worked in companies that made poor choices too. And I was, I was one of those leaders that didn't understand the impact of, of my leadership style, my, my decision-making process. And, and I wasn't high enough up the ranks to demand these changes. Maybe if I'd stayed in corporate longer, but that's what I get to do now. I get to advise, and I'm available for that, by the way. Um, I'm, I, I'm available. I, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a consultant. I'm there to be an advisor if you want to have a strategic meeting and to have a voice at the table that will challenge and provoke and, and ask questions because you already have the experts around you. You don't need another consultant, another expert. What you might need is just someone in a moment to ask provoking questions because I'm, I might see something that you, you, your team, the people around you consistently are used to, so they might miss it. And that's the role of an advisor. And you may not need someone like me all the time because once those thoughts have been provoked, those doors have been opened, you probably have an A-list team already that will then know what steps to take. I love what you're saying. What, what I'm hearing, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I'm hearing, okay, once you become awakened, it's a sense of taking responsibility at the end of the day, because if you are taking the responsibility you can start asking the right questions or bringing in someone like you to start asking the right questions and say, you know, what farm are we working with over here? What manufacturer are we working with over here? Uh, who's supplying this? Who's doing this? And do all those different companies, are they aligned with our overall new mission now that I've been awakened uh, to this way that I want to operate? But it, like you said, it's leaning forward and not leaning back. And I think that's yes. a, a very powerful, powerful statement. Tri and triple vetting, I would say triple that everything like 
that's going to be le sovereignty leadership. Where there's, when I say sovereignty, it is that personal leadership, personal responsibility, because your soul is part of this experience. And we all, we're all going to die. We're all going to transition. I mean, our soul never dies, but the human form will. And I've crossed over to the light and come back. And I've seen the, what made it difficult for me to cross over is all the areas that I thought were not important, where I hadn't taken enough personal responsibility. And then I had to forgive myself. So come back into harmony and love and say that given another chance, I'll do this differently. But lucky for me, I was given another chance in this incarnation, in this body. For a lot of us that don't awaken and don't have these deeper realizations, we then have to come back and be born again in another same soul, in another form, to then have another, another chance at it. And nothing's bad. We can have a million chances. Who knows how many chances I've had to get to this point, right? <laughs> right? So have a lightness about that too. Um, because... And you'll also see how exciting this is, how invigorating this is. You'll be that CEO that, or that EVP that goes in excited. And there'll be a new sense of joy in what you do. And that's the reason we get to do this. Because at the end of the day, whether it's corporate or personal, where does it really end? Because everything is your life. Right? So everything is part of who you are. So as we take personal accountability and responsibility that everything I am a part of is a part of who I am. Mm. Whether it you're being connects. paid, it all connects. There's no separation. And you're going to have the most blissful one after another. And there might be hard days because they might, you might have to actually, it might be an uphill battle to change some, certain things, lobby for certain change, a certain chemicals, a certain chemical to get them out of the system. But, and, and the reasons you might be doing it is because everybody else is doing it. And that's a cheaper way to get that product into the market. And that makes you more profitable. But what if you all collectively said, we're not going to do that. And we're going to change the law that does that, that way you're not overpriced in the market. See, this is what I'm saying. This is three-year, five-year planning, 10-year planning. Some of it's going to happen a lot faster. Some of these things are much easier to get approved. It's the heart-centered um, desire sovereignty personal leadership and knowing that i am part of this collective i get to be the different and for that i will uh, my industry my company is going to be a pioneer and guess what you can market the heck out of that yeah. and, and be seen as a leader a an agent of transformation a pioneering visionary ceo and that's kind of cool um, i think it's i think it's an awesome concept and i'm glad you and i had a chance to speak today Hopefully we get a chance to speak a lot because yes. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, I know a lot of investors, they may not say it yet, but they really want to come over to this way of thinking. They just don't know how. You um, know? I wouldn't actually, I would invite them to come to my um, retreat that I'm planning one. It's, it's, it's leadership geared. It's, it doesn't mean that you have to be a C-suite executive. You, you can be a, a founder as well. That's all gearing towards that. Or you can be, I mean, it's, it's going to be high end. So it's not like, um, it's going to be a super luxurious uh, retreat. Uh, the reason for it is I want to attract these types of executives and leaders. But that doesn't mean we're working on boardroom kind of stuff. It's a transformation retreat. It's medicine retreat. And I am a shaman. Um, I'm, I'm finally not afraid to say that. <laughs> it's, taken me, it's taken me eight years. I do come from a lineage of healers. Um, because I became so corporate, I, I'm like, I was afraid of that word because it felt like a little woo-woo. I'm like, what the heck's a shaman?
at the end of the day i'm still this fun loving free-spirited young woman oh i'm not that young anymore but i still feel very young in my heart um so um the reason i started because i'm i'm already quite busy I have, I'm, st- I'm a founder of Seeds of Intentions, a sacred geometry and um, jewelry brand to be, to the vision is to become the leading conscious jewelry brand um, that, 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 so that we're not just wearing jewelry, it's intention based and there's an energetic component to it. So we're being mm-hmm. supercharged while we're being cool and fashionable. Right. cool because you know we like very fun funky things but how can we again this is my this is what i'm trying what i'm preaching is what i'm doing with my company that i'm creating so yeah so so i'm i've got that i'm i'm, I'm now I'm mentoring a couple of people that are starting to say can you help me i can't take on a lot of people for mentoring because i'm going to be stretched too thin and then on top of building a personal brand and doing some public speaking and advocacy so my voice becomes some a part of how I get to be the difference that I get to bring you know you might know on Clubhouse I host the daily soul medicine uh, session every day and I do that just for the pure love of it because it's been amazing people are having breakthroughs I've had people crying in the most loving way and just instant transformation happening in those in those one hour meetings in one hour talk sessions for those of you don't know um, Clubhouse get on it, DM me. I have two extra invitations that I'm going to give to give away. Um, but if you're listening to this and you're someone who's like, I want to get on that because I, I, I want to have a meaningful impact. I want to get connect with high vibrational people. DM me. <laughs> awesome. Because I do a lot of these hosts there. I'm starting to get a lot of invites being like, because I don't know if you guys know, it's, it's the more active and the more leadership um, qualities you're exemplifying by hosting and leading, they give you more invites. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I'm getting I'm getting lots. I've already been given like seven. And <laughs> so awesome. Uh, yeah. So how do people I know you mentioned the retreat, you mentioned your yes. company, you mentioned advising. How do people reach out to you to collaborate and yeah. start that process? So for now, my website is going through a massive rebranding. That's also what's keeping me busy because I did take eight years off. And even though I was sort of trying to do things for the last two years, I allowed myself to because Becoming a shaman, it's not something you decide. It picks you. Mm. The spirit picks you. You, you, and then it, and I rejected it for the last two years, and that was part of the delay. And 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 finally, I surrendered. I said, "Okay, fine. What do you want me to do?" Just this conversation with God, kind of like, "Okay, what am I supposed to do?" And this is where now I'm going to under, like just owning who I am a bit more. So once the website, la- the new website launches, they can, there's going to be, you can contact me through that, but just for now, reach out to me through Instagram, DM me through that. My current website is still there, although it's going to come down in the next um, couple of, probably within the next two weeks, it'll come down. The new website's going to be casilda.love, just my name, dot love. Um, okay. So that's not live yet. So don't go there just yet. Um, but the goal is, by valentine's day it's like my little timeline given you know i didn't know that we could buy dot love uh, domains so it's i'm noticing piece. a lot of different domains popping up now instead of it yeah. being just dot com yeah i think yeah, that's cool whole, yeah the whole intention is that i get to that part of what i'm here to do is spread more love but love looks like advocacy it looks like industry disruption it looks like conscious innovation so what does love look like to you? That's the conversation, right? 
Right. It could it could be founding an amazing company that does so much good, like my company that I'm I'm creating. Not only is there going to be this beautiful component to those who wear the product and use the product, but the entire um, the pro the development process is being vetted, like recycled gold and recycled silver, so we don't add to more mining. The waste management and how are the farmers taken care of in the in the neighborhood that we're procuring in. What does packaging look like, and how is that green? You know, what's the footprint of how do we create, um, how do I partner with people who can have a more greener footprint for shipping? And then I take 10 minimum of 10% of my revenue is probably going to be higher than that, not revenue, um, um, net profit. And then investing it in trees for the future. It's an organization that's um, reforesting Africa, deserted parts of Africa, and creating livelihood for the local communities there. And that's a huge project. And with the right resources, they can do a lot more. And then ending and supporting the underground railroad operation that mainly affects uh, people of color and black people and brown people that are uh, caught in sex trafficking and enslaved through human trafficking in various forms. And slavery is still going on in some places, just so you know. Um, um, so for me, this is what's exciting me about it's not just about creating a jewelry company, a spiritual jewelry brand. But it's going to be a brand that's a force for good, a, a benefit company that's going to be a force for good. And so people, yeah, definitely, um, I would say the most important thing, um, um, aspiring startups, executives, um, leaders in whatever capacity, because this could also be, be for aspiring politicians, you know, because mm -hmm. we need all of us to step into all of these spaces to transform the field. Right. right? So all of you, I welcome you um, for now, the dates for the, because of COVID, I haven't gone live with it, but I, as of yesterday, we have a location and a date. It's going awesome. to be in Mexico because um, the, the reason Mexico, it's with COVID travel regulations, you can most likely get direct flights or with one connection. And it's okay. a short flight. Um, and Mexico has pretty relaxed um, access. And the medicine is fully legal. Okay. Perfect. So... Um, it's already legal in many parts of the U.S. too, by the way. It's um, in many states or in parts of states, it's, it's legal. So it's just that it's, it's better to be in a beautiful nature surrounding close to a beach, warm weather, and, and why not in the lap of luxury to do this transformation work? And then you get a little vacation with it too, even though you're going to be doing some deep work. And the reason I say this is because until I did this deep work, it was all up here. The heart, mind, body coherence wasn't there. So what this retreat, the reason I, I'm, I'm making the time, because it, even though the retreat's going to be only nine nights, 10 days, the reason I'm doing this, and because it takes me a lot longer of my time to invest into this, to get this going, with all my other priorities, is that I think in order to really walk my talk, I need to help onboard more leaders and more visionaries. And that requires doing your own transformation, own inner work. And so we, having gone through this for eight years out of corporate, I now know some of the, it's not really shortcuts, but how to accelerate this process for our people. So that's why it's a 10-day um, compacted process where you, I believe you'll really leave with it, feeling the transformation. And that integration might take some time, embodiment might take some time. And then, but those you can access in your cities, in your, in your hometowns. So it's coming into that harmony and saying what saying because a lot of times most of us have inner trauma 
that doesn't even allow us to feel the desire. Like we feel the numbness or sadness or even the disconnectedness. I don't care. I'm just going to make money. Right. Exactly. But underneath that, there's something going on. And I want to, I want to be available to guide people to chew into that, unpack that, and then help align them. So this one, this first, this retreat is going to be May 14th to the 23rd. So if anyone's interested, we'll go live with it. It's only going to be, I think I can only do 15 people for now. Just to not lose the intimacy, the sacredness. Um, and also just, you know, it, it, it might get too much. It might be like, a, you know, it, 15, I think is the right. I don't want it to be bigger than that. So space is going to be limited. Um, and it's also based on... Um, on, on an application process versus a registration process. Like I invite someone to have a half an hour, 40 minute conversation with me, ask me the questions. Because to me, whether even if, if it's, I would even do it even if it's just five people, if it's the right five people. Right. So to me, it's not to max out on the number because for me, this is not just about doing the retreat. It's to, it, it's to activate the leaders, to clean up whatever we need to clean up from within, to transform to remove that area that we have been taught that we're less than love. And then we, and then from that unconscious place, we make unconscious decisions Mm. that majority of the time affect black and brown people. It affects everyone. It affects humanity, but I think 75, 80% of the global population is black and brown. So it's understanding that we're not just doing this for a feel good, those who we care about the most, those who we want to help lift are the ones that are impacted by our choices, by the companies we create, the the actions we take. So every startup founder, every leader, every CEO, every executive, really, it's our divine responsibility to become better corporate citizens and category leaders, transformational leaders in your own space. I'm really excited about this. I know many people in our audience, they've been, wait, they've been waiting for something like this. And so I'm really excited uh, that you're bringing this to the table. So anybody who wants to take advantage of this, they can reach out to you uh, on IG. We'll have it in the show notes uh, if they want to reach out to you on Instagram and uh, set up that time uh, to have those conversations with you, whether it be for the retreat, whether it be for advising or to help support the companies that you serve. Uh, so yeah. thank you so much. Is there any final thoughts you have for uh, entrepreneurs or investors who are listening in today? Um, final thoughts. Yes, you are love. You are love incarnated. You are already unconditional love, no matter what anyone has told you, whatever programs you have been given. Just remember, you are already unconditional love and you came here to be perfectly imperfect. Trust the wisdom of your body. Trust the divine guidance from your source. And remember, the guru is already inside. This is all I'm here is to help you remember that that's who you are. And I invite you to be open and to engage and to tap into this, the true essence of who you are. And let's have fun together. It's going to be fun. Let's do it. I love it. Uh, thank you, Casilda, for coming on Black Equity Podcast. Uh, the doors are open whenever you want to come back and continue this conversation, uh, continue uh, talking about 
uh, conscious entrepreneurship. Uh, to me, this is also a talk on impact investing for the yes. uh, for private equity investors, venture capital investors. If you have ten to twenty different companies in your portfolio, you could be implementing this to your entire portfolio and really yes. making sure the CEOs in those portfolios are doing the work as well. So I also want to send that out to the yeah. universe as well. So that's where my mind is at when we're having these conversations. Absolutely. And that's, that's also, you articulated that perfectly. That's also where my intention is why I wanted to come on this. Um, because I think the more people that we can get activated, the leaders of the leaders. Yes. The leaders of the, the leaders. The leaders of the leaders. Like this is your opportunity to make lasting legacy changes, not just from profit standpoint. Like I'm talking the true legacy, which is then you leave that, leave the planet as a more loving unified consciousness, peaceful place, which will also directly benefit black and brown people. Yes. Right, let's not forget that. So I'm also available to help spread this message. If you want me on your podcast or whatever, we'll just have to work together to figure that out. It, it, or if there's anything else you want me to speak at, I'm available um, for all of these things because this is why I'm setting up my own company because I, I could easily have gone and worked for another company and paid a decent salary. Um, but I said, I'm, I just want flexibility in the way I function to be available to, to be out there and be spreading this message. Because Thank I know so that much. alone, alone, I can't do it all. We, we're just going to need this army of beautiful light beings to activate. Of course. And we have your back. And uh, I know I'm going to be right uh, beside you in this mission because I've been waiting for this. I've been looking for this, really, not even waiting. Uh, but now I'm starting to see the tribe being formed of people who are like, wait, enough is enough. With Especially with everything that's happened within the last six months with uh, what's going on in the world, we have to look at this as an opportunity for a hard reset. And yes. so this is one of the best ways that I know how for us to have that reset. So thank you yes. so much for having the conversation. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Likewise. Thank you so much, DJ. Thank you. Bye. This episode should serve as a huge wake-up call for the entire culture. Throughout the entire culture, I'm hearing a lot of people talking about money, money, money. And I'm saying not so fast. What is your impact on society overall? Are you thinking consciously? Are you thinking as an impact investor? Are you thinking as a conscious capitalist? And our guest today stopped by, Casilda stopped by and gave us so many gems by sharing her journey and sharing her mission and her purpose. If you'd like to partner with her or collaborate with her, click on the link in the show notes, reach out to her. Also, if you want to work with us, send us an email over at blackequitynetwork at gmail.com. We would love to communicate and talk with you and figure out how we can build together. This has been a transformational episode, and we look forward to seeing how you transform society.